0: Must be 21 years or older to enjoy Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly.
1: This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. If you knew that Abreu was available to be the runner there, would you have gone to him instead of Hendricks? If I'd
2: known that, I didn't know that.
1: I'd have checked the rule. That was why the, uh, the you know, guys on the bench came out and questioned me about you know, that, that Liam was going to be the runner. I said, yeah, I know.
0: So we didn't know it.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. You're not going to trigger me, David, by playing that. I'm not going to get upset about it. Not when we uh, uh, we are delighted to have uh, Josh Nelson join us. Josh Nelson is uh, Mr. Sox Machine, does a great job. You got to hear the podcast, and of course, uh, follow them every morning. They do great breakdowns of the game. And Josh joins us now on the Alpamani Nissan hotline Alpamani Nissan in Melrose park on North Avenue or APnissan.com Josh, good morning. How are you? Morning, Josh.
2: Good morning. I don't know about you, Molly, but that does trigger me. And I already have a <laughs> headache now this morning. Uh, no, it, I, I appreciate James Fegan of The Athletic asking that question directly to Tony La Russa and getting that instant feedback because it does give us additional insight that we haven't been getting the last couple of years because the beat reporters haven't been allowed to be in the clubhouse. And you get a lot more stories, in-depth stories along 162-game season about all the coaches and their personalities and what they do on a day-to-day basis. We're not getting those stories anymore because all these interviews are over Zoom. But I do appreciate James asking that question directly to Tony La Russa. So we get that type of feedback from Tony, understanding that he may have been told by somebody in the bench that Liam Hendricks didn't have to run. And it gives us insight that Tony maybe ignored them anyways and still had the fifty four million dollar closer run the bases uh It's very telling right now what's going on the White Sox bench after twenty nine games
1: so when you hold people responsible then josh when you when you process your yeah. frustration, and I saw you tweet yesterday, you had to go for a walk when you're considering <laughs> who to blame and how to how to cope how much of it is on Tony LaRusso and how much of it is that staff or his bench coaches who, you know, allowed this to happen or didn't speak up loudly enough.
2: You know, that's a good question. How much does a hall of fame manager listen to his bench coach? who's brand new in the job that that's, I think that's a key question here. And, you know, Tony, when he has made mistakes this season, he's been accountable. He blames himself during the, the media sessions Uh, But I think he needs to start trusting his coaches a little bit more. I think he needs to understand, despite all of your experience, there are things about this game today and the way that the game is being played and the rules that we have in place that you may not fully understand. But someone like Joe McEwing, who was Rick Renteria's bench coach the last couple of years, and especially last year, does understand these rules Uh, So maybe you need to listen to Super Joe a little bit more if he is trying to give you advice and let you know how certain situations play out. Uh, So I think there is a combination of maybe stubbornness from a Hall of Fame manager who has thought that he's been through every possible situation along his illustrious career, and yesterday was a situation he's never encountered. And he makes it sound like somebody was trying to tell him that you don't need to do this, but he did it anyways. So he may chalk it up as a learning experience, but boy, if I am in the the white Sox front office, that is a very angry phone call or text messages being sent down the chain because two days after Luis Robert is going to be out 12 to 16 weeks with a torn right hip flexor. You're having our $54 million closer run the bases. Come on guys. We got to be smarter about this. And, now every team is going to be laughing at us this morning because it's like, wow, the White Sox don't know the extra inning rules. Maybe we should try to play more extra inning games against them.
1: Yeah, I, I said to David, the only good news is that, he, you know, he didn't he didn't uh, roll uh, Garrett Crochet out there with the guy behind him because that always seems to end in well, disaster. For his two left feet. oh for 3 yeah. in 10 inning games. Look, I, I mean, you just said it, and I think that's the problem. When the White Sox – Lost Louis Rob Louis Robert when you all of a sudden all my Sox fan friends we we started talking and it's like. How can they go on without Aloy and Louis Robert? It, it was almost like the two of them suddenly became connected and the Aloy thing came back to life it, where it, we had been trying to hide it and, and disguise it in our minds. So that's a very difficult thing to have happen because it seemed like the one injury really was two injuries because it reminded you of the other injury. And then Adam Engel is hurt and you never know when he's coming. And then you look at the outfield – and and here's Leary Garcia. I ho, ho, look, it's just not working this year. And he's trying to seal second base. So even if he doesn't know the rules, what's that? And why the hell is Billy Hamilton still with a bat in his hand? Why you need to bring the run in? You got you got Collins there as a fly ball hitter. What an opportunity for a sacrifice fly. It, so the the it wasn't one mistake. It wasn't just Tony isn't listening to people. It was like to me. Three very distinct errors.
2: Yeah, and Jim Margulis, my partner, he wrote about this last week about the bad patterns. Like, you were right, Molly. These are not one-offs. We've got a bad pattern going on. And even Steve Stone tweeted about it yesterday. There are two things that Billy Hamilton does exceptionally well. He's a good center fielder defensively, and he's one of the fastest players in all of Major League Baseball. The dude cannot hit He cannot hit. If you have a bat in his hands in the extra innings, he has to bunt, okay? And LaRusso said, we're looking for a fly ball there. You're right, Molly. Why in the world is Billy Hamilton hitting then if you are looking for a fly ball, especially if you got Zach Collins on the bench? And White Sox fans have said, well, if you take out Hamilton, who plays center, uh, Lurie Garcia, he's still in the game. You move him to center, you got Danny Mendick on the bench, Have him fake it in right field. You got everybody else faking to play left field. Why not right field as well? And you try to get that one run across. And yeah, Liam Hendricks running the bases didn't cost the White Sox the game. They only had two hits yesterday. But when it's 0-0 in extra innings, you got to find a way to score. And when you got a guy 90 feet away to put you ahead in the game, you got to make the right calls to try to get that runner across home plate. And Larusa didn't even do that as well. So it's, you're right. It's, not just a, it's just not understanding what the rules were yesterday. It's still bad managing. It's bad calls on top of not knowing the rules. And there are optimistic White Sox fans that are Tony supporters, and they look at the standings and say, the White Sox are in first place right now. But the run differential and expected win-loss record should have them at 18 and 11 not 16 and 13 they're Mm -hmm. underachieving by two games. They should be leading the division by two games. Uh, So that's, that's kind of where my frustration is at the moment is that, yeah, white Sox fans can be happy. They're tied for first place with Kansas city and Cleveland, but they should be leading this division and they're missing out on a golden opportunity, especially with the Minnesota twins still struggling.
1: Okay, Josh, your passion's obvious. So is the fact that you're plugged into watching every game and knowing what's going on. So as a Sox fan, what do you think will happen with Tony La Russa as manager? And what do you think should happen?
2: <laughs> I think he's going to give up after this year. I think this is a one-year deal, David. Uh, you've done this a lot longer than I have, especially being those press conferences, reading coaches and players. So I'll ask you a question. Tony, to me, looks tired when you watch these Zoom press conferences. And it's only game 29. Like, exhaustion is starting to kick in. Do you get that same sense when you're watching Larusa answer yes. questions after yes. games?
1: I do, and and the That's travel hasn't really kicked in, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's 29 it's, games in. It's undeniable.
2: Yeah, we got 133 more games left yeah. to go. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he's going to make it. Honestly, I, I don't. So if he looks exhausted now, the gauntlet begins in the next 75 days, guys. The White Sox play the Minnesota Twins 16 times. Here we go. If you want to win the American League Central, you need to have a very good 75 days. Try to limit the amount of mistakes. Injuries will happen. Every team's going through injuries. You'll need to overcome it. And the bullpen will have to perform better when they have the lead late in games. But over these next 75 days, are going to be critical for the White Sox because they can even add more ground on their chief rival in this division because everybody assumes at some point the Minnesota Twins will wake up and start playing better baseball. And you don't want to be the reason why they start playing be- better baseball with that many games in such a short amount of time. So, I think I think this is one and done, David. Like wherever the White Sox end up, if they win the World Series, great. I can retire again, <laughs> going out on top. But if they don't, I don't I don't expect him to come back. I don't because I think he'll just be He'll just be tired. Then he'll be seventy-seven year old Tony Larissa. And he may not have the energy for a second season.
1: Josh, great work. You do wonderful work. Jim Margulis, the two of you, fantastic socks machine. The place to go. The podcast is great. And uh and and love your work. Thanks a ton for Good coming. Good stuff, on. Josh. Thank you.
2: Hey, no problem. Have a great morning, guys.
1: That is Josh Nelson. And that, that is a really if you're a Sox fan, that's a real fun uh place to go. Smart and, guy. Yeah, no question about it. All right, we're going to uh, get to your phone calls. A lot of people want to check in. 312-644-6767. That's the telephone number. It's Mullion Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings